Hey guys, welcome to The Roundtable. Here at The Roundtable, we continue the conversations that we have had from Sunday morning and how you can have practical ways to help every person take their next steps towards Jesus together. Hey guys, welcome to episode 64 of The Roundtable. I'm Jenny Walker, the social media ministry leader here at Life, and this is our lead pastor, Mike Hill. That's awesome. I don't even have to introduce I know. myself. I already I, let's decided. Let's keep doing that one. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like that one. And this better. is our special guest, Dee Wingner. Did I say Wait. that right? Wigner. Wigner. Say it one more time the way you said it the first Wingner. time. Wigner. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound really, really bad. <laughs> Wigner. I like that better. <laughs> yes, I, was, I was waiting. As soon as you got the wing, I was like. You knew what was coming it out. It ain't coming out right. It ain't coming out right. Well, I always mispronounce somebody's name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But. I'm going to introduce a little bit of the roundtable for our first time guests, because you might be here thinking, what are these people doing? Um, We are, what we used to do, we used to sit around and that was our whole thing. We would talk about Sunday morning and we'd bring it in practical ways on what to do with it. But we've evolved to now we have guests. So we have a guest each time and we learn your story and how that fits in with God. And we do this because our stories encourage people. It um, shows off God's glory and you know, you never know who you can help and what somebody else is struggling with. And we think mm-hmm. stories are super powerful. Absolutely. So, and we heard that, or I heard that yours is super powerful and I can't wait to hear well, it. Well, just has a long story. I do. I, I know. Like a long history. And it's not like the, I grew up in church and then fell away from the church and came back. And I mean, it's kind of an eventful, mm-hmm. you know, you got story. Lots of plot twists. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> I love plot twists. Yeah. So, why don't, to help our audience, like Jenny said, why don't you, because part of what we want to be able to do is kind of weave in your faith journey, but mm-hmm. also with your life. Yeah. Right? Like, so it's people get to know you, but at the same time, they also understand your faith journey. So, can you mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about? your faith journey and your life and, you know, maybe what brought you closer to God and then maybe some of the stuff that, you know, because I do, I feel like this, maybe this isn't right, but I feel like a few of the circumstances that happened in life also rocked your perspective of Mm -hmm. God and what's he doing and why Mm -hmm. aren't these things happening? So I think it, or why are they happening? So Mm -hmm. I think it's good for people to, you know, see that. So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about you and your journey. So I was raised in a Christian home. Um, my mom and dad were um, saved. Ooh, there's a fire. I told you. Yeah. There's something like, there must be dead animals yes. or something in must this be. back corner because it's there's my flies water and spiders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but I was raised in a Christian home, and I got saved when I was eight years old. Um, I remember distinctly getting saved on my mom's bed. But I didn't really take on that faith of my own. And you mm-hmm. mentioned that before, you know, that it's not something that mom and dad can pray for and make you have. It's got to be something that you have. So even though I was raised in a Christian home, I didn't really build my faith really with God growing up. So it just kind of like, it was just handed to me and it's what Mm -hmm. we did on Sunday and that was it. As I got older though, um, there was, you know, lots of life choices and that kind of thing. Lots of peer pressure and that kind of thing. Things I strayed away from, but things that I got, I, you know, fell into and that kind of thing. Um, and so, um, I had my daughter at, um, 19, um, I was with, um, my boyfriend at the time and then our relationship broke up when she was one. So, um, that was rock number one mm-hmm. that really got me. Cause I was always raised in a family that was always together. Yeah. So that was brand new to me. I didn't know what that road looked like and, that was one thing I was really upset about because I was like, you know, I I was doing everything right, wasn't I? I was raised in a Christian home and things should be going, you know, how I was taught, you know, is, you know, well, you let, do the right thing and everything's going to be fine, so right? So I forget this part of your story. Were you homeschooled? Did you go to school? I yes. can't remember so which one it was. homeschooled and then I got pulled out. We did online stuff okay. and then um, I did um, through uh, Huntington University. I was able to do like the extracurricular yeah, right. stuff. So I was doing high school and college oh, wow. at the same time. And so. So, how'd you meet your boyfriend? 
So I met him through the high school. Um, and um, then we had friends um, through where I used to work. So my first job was the Heritage of Huntington as mm. a dietary aide. Yep. So, and I absolutely love that. So um, I met him and we were together for quite a while. Um, and then we moved in together. I know that broke, broke my mom and dad's heart. Because, I was about to say, how was their opinions yeah, on that, this? That, that was rough. Um, and so that was one of the times, you know, where, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to make my own decision and that kind of thing. And so well, in that, I mean, again, not like we're trying to, we're going to try to take each point, like mm -hmm. people learn from it. So you grew up in, and I'm going to put words in your mouth so they could be not true, but mm -hmm. in a pretty strict religious oh, yes. upbringing, like mm -hmm. very, the church that you went to was very rules mm -hmm. oriented, like mm -hmm. follow the rules, do it a certain way. And mm -hmm. if you didn't, or else, yeah, there was like say punishment or else. it really was. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't remember all of the stories, but it was like, if you don't do like their consequences, mm -hmm. you know, for the things that you do and not just like, oh, there'll be consequences someday. Like we're going to, put consequences now now, yeah, now, now for the things that you're doing. So you grew up in a very rules-based mm -hmm. faith. And so then when you got to this place where, okay, I have to make a decision, like I know what my parents believe and I know mm -hmm. my church. And then you came to a place where you're saying, because I'm assuming, again, I'm assuming mm -hmm. at the time you're saying, I know nobody's going to agree with this, but I'm going to move in with them, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. what was it? rebellion? Was it, I just want to make my own choices because people have made my own, mm -hmm. made choices for me for all of my life. And mm -hmm. so and the reason I'm bringing it up is I think sometimes we need to learn as parents that it's not the greatest thing to just keep rules in the lives of mm -hmm. our children because rules usually create yeah. rebellion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And want, like people want a freedom from it. So yeah, they which, do. which one was it for you? Do you think? I think it was a freedom thing because it was so rigid. The, you know, church life was so rigid, you know, and, you know, my parents just wanted the best for us. And yeah, so for sure. they were following and, you know, the leadership that they mm -hmm. were under, you know, of, well, you've got to do this, 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 and this, you know, so there wasn't much freedom. So you could make even small choices, you know, of going, Good right. or bad, you know? Right. So then when we got to the age of making big life decisions, it was a do or die, you right. know, because we never got the chance really to learn, you know, hey, mistakes do happen. You got to learn from that, you know, and that God still loves you when you make mistakes, you know, you got to learn through that. But that was just a do or die situation, you know? And so it was like, you know, I want that. I want that freedom, you know, because every kid does, mm -hmm, you know, they, sure. they want that, you know, and they think, at least for me, it was, well, it was my mom and dad's religion, you know, and yeah, so sure. if it, if it's good for them, it's good for me. And so no matter what I do, I'll be okay. Right. You know, mm -hmm. there, no bad will come to me, you know, because yeah. I'm safe. Exactly. You know? yeah, and so at this point, when you meet the guy at the heritage, you guys mm -hmm. decide to move in, mm -hmm. in church, out of church. I mean... Yeah, he... Uh, were you? Were you going to... You know what I mean? So you're 19. Yep. So my sister and brother-in-law, they started coming here. Um, and I began coming here um, around 16, 17. Because I was in the what? youth really? program oh, wow. under Hillary. Whoa. When Hillary was here. So wow, I kind of yeah. forgot that part. Yeah, I didn't and, know you were that young. Yeah. And so... And then, like, we've always known the littles because... Mm. My mom doesn't and dad. Doesn't everybody? Right? <laughs> yeah. They're amazing. Boys know yeah. the littles because yes. doesn't everybody? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so my mom and dad went to church with um, Tammy's mom. And oh, so right. growing right. up, um, Nelson and Talitha would come to church with. So I've known them since like itty bitty. Right. And so when I started coming here with my sister in the youth program and all the littles were here, I just was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah. because okay. there was a you know, familiar face. Okay. So then again, you were coming to life, but then once that happened, did you So then I coming? stopped. No. Okay. No. So yeah. then that's when I, everything stopped for me. I okay. was in the youth program and that kind of thing. And then I just kept gradually just not coming to the point. Then when I got pregnant with my daughter, then it was just completely cut off from all relationship with church, God, everything. I was like, I'm invincible. I've got this. I'm young. Right. And good, and then that's when life really started taking a nosedive. Right. And was there to, a reason for that? That you're like just that thought process of 
like, I don't need anybody. Did something happen? Mm -hmm. Like after you had your daughter, Mm -mm. people didn't act a certain way. Um, People did, you know, because being raised in that super strict, right. you know, it's it was the you have to be married before you have children and that kind of thing or you're going to hell or whatever yeah, it is. Sure. And so, um, you know, once I did have uh, my daughter, you know, it, things just changed. Everything changed, you know, and mm-hmm. so it was really hard to even, you know, feel comfortable in any aspect of life sure. you know you just kind of felt shunned right. you know so you got to go out and do your own thing so you got to go out and right. do your and yeah. you got to you got to make your own way right. you know the, the roads that were paved for me were not to me it seemed non-existent so it's like okay i've got to create my own roads now right and so yeah. at the time was and, and again i you don't have to talk about this part we're not like pulling scabs off for no, anything no, but when you again when you met this guy was he a believer? Was he on fire for God? Was Mm-mm. he okay? No. So he actually said, and when we had first met at work um, and was doing school stuff and that kind of thing, he was coming to youth with mm-hmm. his friend here. And so that was like, oh, that's cool. You're going to youth. So we, we did do youth, you know, nights and that kind of thing. And he would come and that kind of thing. But then it was just gradually, it just, you know, it yeah. stopped and it right. fizzled out and that kind of thing. Um, and so then, you know, life just kept taking me and drawing me away, sure. you know, until a place where I just no longer came. Right. Right. And life. so again, so four people mm-hmm. in this, there can have some effect. The, the person that you choose in life can Absolutely. have oh, yeah. an effect sure. on, you know, whether you are or aren't in church or whether or not you, you get to that place. And do you mm-hmm. think, did that have anything to do with the demise of you guys' relationship, whether him not being a believer, or was it just a plethora of other things I think it was a plethora of other things but I think that that for sure was because I always had that gut feeling whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. you know the Holy Spirit whatever Mm -hmm. still trying to call you you know that no this isn't right you know you, you need to have a relationship with me and that kind of thing and having not being on the same road with your partner, mm-hmm. it really does make a difference, you yeah. know, because if you're not on the same road with them, then it just makes everything really rocky. Right. You yeah. know, there's lots of speed bumps in a relationship when you don't have the same views and goals and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so we always talk about in our podcasts of like, if you look at a person's journey, there tends to be these milestones that either mm-hmm. push you closer or take you further away, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all choices of, you know, how we handle it. So mm-hmm. had Nevaeh, mm-hmm. right. And then you guys were still together. Yep. So we were still together. And then our first year was really rocky. And then we separated when she was 13 months old. Okay. Um, so, so did that move you closer, further away? Further away. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause at that point I was just angry. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, So um, I was working at the time. um, I was working at the Heritage still. And then I was working for Pathfinders and um, decided that I no longer wanted to work there because the hours just didn't work and that kind of thing. And so my friend at the time was like, why don't you get a job with me working at the jail? So I got a job at Wells County Sheriff's Department becoming a confinement officer. So it got me more money. It got me the insurance benefits and things that I felt that I needed now being a single mom and trying to navigate what that even looked like because nobody in my family, I mean, nobody had that, you know, no one was a single mom. So there was always a support network. There was always mom and dad, you know, so I had to figure that out. On my own. <laughs> did you still have yeah. them though? Were they I did. in? Okay, yeah. that's good. So they never did shun me. Okay. They just, you know, I know that I broke their heart when I moved out and when I went off the rails, you know, with the rebellion and the just being young, you know. But when I contacted them, let them know, hey, I'm pregnant, that kind of thing, it was just like no time had ever passed. Mm, good. They just swooped me back up, loved me, and yeah. took Nevea right in and loved her. And right. yeah. There was no gap. Right. So speak, how hard is it as a single mom? So to, again, try to figure out life, try to be able to go down those roads. I mean, how difficult was it for you? Oh, extremely difficult. Yeah. <laughs> extremely yeah, I difficult. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, because everything was brand new. Not, there, I didn't have any guides, so to speak. Right. You know, there was nothing that I could be like, oh, you know, I remember, you know, hearing about this or whatever because it was just so strict growing up that, you know, 
you get married, you have your kid, you know, right. it was just right. your point, you know. So being a single mom was very difficult and all the challenges, you know, and trying to split your time and how do you provide and give the attention and love and that kind of thing and always feeling that split, you right. know. And as Nevaeh grew up, how hard was it, I mean, again, does she have a relationship with her biological father she does, I, I yeah. can't remember what yes. that was all like yeah. if, was that yep. good or yeah so they know. live they live here in um town um it's not been the greatest relationship right. um she sees counselor um for it um and oh, wow. yeah so that was one thing that i had been praying when all this happened and there was like a turning point for me especially when we had broke up and you know, I did um, walk away from the church and that kind of thing. But, you know, I still had that deep down, I know God still loves me. And I don't know how I'll ever be able to get back in your good graces again. Mm. But if you can just mm. hear me, if you can just, you know, listen to my cry. But I want—I didn't want that tension for Nevaeh, you know, because I felt a lot of that guilt. You know, mm. I was like, this is all on me, you know. And so praying for Nevaeh to have a relationship that not only with her father, but to learn and know about God. And I'm like, mm. how do I teach her that when I've walked away, you know, and I don't even have a relationship with him, right. you know? It was always something that my mom and dad, mm. not necessarily pushed on us, but it was just like, yeah. sure. this is just, this is it. This, this is, is what, what we're it doing. Is. This what, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Mm -hmm. This is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. <clears throat> again, you are working you have mm -hmm. Nevaeh, you're split. Mm -hmm. Kind of tell, take us this next part of your journey, because at some point in this, you get hurt. I do. Which to me is another huge, huge. point in your yeah. journey. Yep. So I worked for the jail for three years, and it got to another turning point where um, they wanted me to work um, third shift by mm -hmm. myself. And by it yourself? Was, yes. So it was Ugh. a, <laughs> it was a both male and female. So jail, so, you know, yeah. one officer and, you know, at times there could be 40 people on a cell block. And yeah. so if something went down 40 against one, there's no chance. And That's so I remember- That's a terrible idea. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so they're supposed to be locked down, you know, in their cells, <laughs> right, you know, but, at night, but, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't always stop happen. anybody. Yes, right. exactly. Right. And so I remember sitting down with the sheriff and being like, you know, I, you know, I, I can't do this. Being a single mom, I have to go home at night and I just can't do this. And so right. um, one thing led to another and I was able to get uh, into a job with the Department of Homeland Security. So that was about a nine month process. I continued to still work at Wells County. Um, but then once I got that job, I just transferred over into that position. So, and I was stationed at the Fort Wayne airport. Sounds so was, secretive. Yeah. <laughs> the Department of Homeland Security. Well, like, I, where do I apply? Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't get a job. You know, that's so cool. Like, it feels I'm like you're sure like a, they're hiring you. I know. You know. Yeah. They should yeah. though. They should hire a felon. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. 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 So I got in there and um, uh, worked there for, it was almost two years, and I ended up falling at work. So I fell, and I hit my back and hip on a steel, like, post <gasps> or whatever. Ooh. And so I couldn't feel my leg at all. And I had oh excruciating pain in my back, and I had to be wheeled out. And so I couldn't feel, I couldn't feel my leg at all. I couldn't put any pressure. I couldn't walk. I was completely wheelchair-bound. And when I went to the doctor, they told me that if I didn't get surgery, that I'd be paralyzed for the rest of my life. Mm. And I wouldn't be able to feel anything. And, and that was scary to me because at the time I was mid-20s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I had a little one and still single mom and navigating all that life by myself. So that was a fear moment for me that I was like, oh, I have to get a surgery, mm. you know. And so I got the surgery and it was a failed surgery. Um, they... I was able to get my feeling back in my legs, but they caused a CSF <gasps> leak in my back. What so, is that? So it's the fluid that holds your head and your spine and oh, okay. all, all that keeps every, your brain floating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, and then it causes massive headaches. Massive and, headaches. And so yeah. whenever I would get up, so like you feel better when you're laying down. Oh. Mm -hmm. And then when you stand up, I was vomiting, I was passing out. Oh, wow. It was excruciating. And I was having like pockets of actual fluid fill up in my back because it was just not 
it wasn't staying in the spinal column. Wow. Yeah, so it's amazing what your body actually does for you when it's working right. at, at 100% yeah. you know, right. efficiency, and then when it's not, everything just goes downhill. Yeah, and I think at this time is when Life Church was like, yeah. Hey, we got a prayer request in, yes. you know, from D. Like, this is what yeah. she's going to be going through. And so, I mean, and then it starts this journey of mm-hmm. us praying for, trying to figure out how to support, yes. you know, yes. of, I mean, I feel like it was, because again, I'll never forget, like I heard, you know, hey, you're online, you you know, you're watching online all the time because mm-hmm. you still can't get around Mm-mm. very well to, Mm-mm. oh, you know, she's going to become an online, you know, <gasps> pastor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing, you know, I'm like, she's walking in the door. I'm like, yeah. what the world happened? I, th- <laughs> I thought, and again, a lot of things have happened in my own life. So I kind of lost track of where she was. Yeah. Sherry yeah. used to go and visit her, yeah. you know, every once in a while. And mm-hmm. then the you know, come back and be like, oh man, that's mm-hmm. rough. And then the next thing you know, we go through our journey and then I see her walk in. I'm like, <laughs> that's amazing. This is a yeah, miracle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like a miracle. Yeah. You know? wow. And so anyway, so talk about that. What, cause again, and again, my memory's kind of weird in that area, but like you weren't coming even Mm-mm. at that point, Mm-mm. you know, but then you got hurt, and then somehow, whether it's through your mom or somehow, Life Church got back involved in yes. praying for. So, how did that? How so did that, that happen? was the year of 2018. So, okay. 2018, um, early 2018, like January, February, um, you guys opened up a second service, mm. and so I was able to come to church prior to going to work, and so. That's when I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I can start coming back and that oh, kind of thing. And so right. I yeah, had yeah, yeah. I had okay. a very short window of You could come feel- back to church again. Yeah, I was oh. on I was on a mountain, you right. know, where I just felt like, okay, God does love me and everything is working out and I'm able to get back into church because I couldn't come because mm-hmm. work hours always conflicted. So right. I never could come. And so it was January, February that I was able to come, and then um, my golden retriever, who I had had since Nevea was um, one, um, had passed away suddenly. Mm. So Aww. she had kidney failure, had no clue at all. Like, she was a trooper and didn't show any signs, and then it was just, boom, it happened. Sunday, she was not feeling well, and she was vomiting and stuff, and then by Thursday, she had passed away. Mm. So it was just a boom, 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 boom mm. thing. And so we had got many when um, after um, me and my ex had split up. And mm. so that was kind yeah. of like a recovery. You know, a recovery. Yeah. yeah. Therapy. 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 Yeah. 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 And so yeah. Nevaeh picked her out. And we weren't even supposed to get her because she was the runt of the litter. And the lady that we bought her from was like, no, we don't sell the runts and that kind of thing. But Nevaeh was attached. Like, she picked that dog mm-hmm. up and carried her around. And I was like, I have to have this dog. Yes, so, you do. Yeah, it was like I was, like, pleading with the lady, like, I have to have her. So that's how we got her. So when she passed away, mm. it was just, like, super traumatic. Right. Yeah. So then that happened in March, and then I fell in June. Wow. So that was not my year. Wow. So I got Minnie ripped away from me and then my health, essentially. Right. Ripped away from me. And so when I had the surgery and they were able to get the feeling back in my legs, they totally screwed up the part of the fluid part. And then they just completely denied that there was ever an issue. They just thought that <gasps> I just wanted more time off of work. And the doctors were just like, oh, you're just faking it <gasps> and that kind of thing. So <laughs> they denied their mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I leaked for 18 weeks. And was oh my literally bed bound for 18 weeks. And finally, a family doctor's nurse practitioner is the one that was like, no, I don't think this is being made up in her mind. I think that there is something actually going on. So they finally ordered MRIs. And that's what showed that I had a large rare CSF leak. Oh, my god! And that I needed repair. But the... Best part of it <laughs> was that no one around here could fix it. Mm, so they're like, no one around here knows how to fix this. And so your only options are go down to Duke University in North Carolina or go out to California at Cedar sinai wow. in Los Angeles. So at the time, Duke was not taking any patients because they just had a hurricane. So oh. couldn't go out there. So my only route was California. So mm. then that's when my mom's like, 
we need to reach out to the church and mm. and pray over you and that kind of thing. And right. so that's when you guys, you know, prayed over me. I actually ended up going out to California by myself. I left Nevaeh in my mom and dad's care and was able to get a health flight. Some, I don't know, I can't remember who it was, but it was some like nurses, whatever, right. and put me on a plane. That way I could lay down and that yeah. kind of thing. And they shipped me out there. And so... At the time, they told me it was going to be three to five days I'd be out there, and that'd be it. And that they, they'd they had all kind of success stories with oh, this no. surgery, and it'd be totally fine, and I'd be back home within three to five days. And I ended up staying out there for 41 days. And <gasps> I was going to oh say, I feel gosh. like that didn't go the way it was supposed mm -mm. to. Yeah. No. You didn't, like, pack or anything oh, for no. that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my no. gosh. No. And that... And at one point, I was literally stuck in the hospital. Like, they would not release me at all. Like, I was a prisoner inside that hospital. And so I ended up getting PTSD from it, which I later on in my story, I dealt with that and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But um, it was through Facebook. Um, I found a group page for, like, CSF leakers and that kind of thing because I didn't have only time that I mean I was stuck in a bed so yeah all I could do was be on my phone yeah and so I found this group and found actually someone who um was out there that had a similar story to me and he was the one that was able to get me out of the hospital he hmm. came and advocated wow. for me and um with the CSF leak um it causes all kind of like instability and that kind of thing so if you put a neck collar on and it supports your neck then you feel like a ton better. And mm. then caffeine helps, salt Interesting. helps. Interesting. Yeah. Caffeine. So, I know. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah, so I literally had a caffeine bag, which was amazing. I'm like, I can do bags? Yes, <gasps> yes, I can do that. Like shots of espresso? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, an IV? That sounds awesome. Yes. Yeah, and so he was actually able to convince them and, and able to get me out. But it was a relationship that I had built with other people, one of them being Christy, who is now my boyfriend's mom. Um, that's how I met her was on that group page. And we oh. just completely connected. She was literally a saving grace to me. She mm. would call me and pray for me and was a huge support while I was in that darkness because it was it was dark. I was mm. completely alone. Right. I felt that I was abandoned, right. you know, crying out, God, you know, why? You know, I'm so sorry and pleading mm. with him, you know, Sorry, I made the decisions I did in life. Yeah. You know, where are you? Did you ever have that? Because a lot of people that grow up in a very religious home, mm -hmm. you know, tend to blame then all of the circumstances mm -hmm. of life on God's punishment. For sure. Like, for sure. God's punishing me for mm -hmm. the way that or mm -hmm. the things that I did. Absolutely. And, you know, you feel this condemnation. Absolutely. You know, it's yeah. you did feel I absolutely, some of that. I felt that. And I felt a lot of guilt, you know, that I had let him down, you know, and that all these bad things were happening, you know, because, you know, wow. and it wasn't, I wasn't seeing the big picture. Mm. Because know, that's of, what was told to you yes, your whole life. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so how many people have this? This like how rare is it? So they say it's rare, but it's really not rare. People there's, are just not talking about they're it. Just not talking about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. And so when I went out there and I had the CSF leak and I had to have an additional surgery. So I had a total of two back surgeries. Ugh. Then that surgery failed. But on top of that, it caused all kind of issues inside my body, one being mm -hmm. my um, autonomic nervous system, which basically controls everything inside of you that your body does automatically. It crashed. And so that's called dysautonomia. And so one of the things that I have is called POTS. Yes, um, I've heard of that. Yep. And so my heart rate goes stupid crazy mm -hmm. when I stand up. And so if it wasn't for medication, I don't, I would, I'd be bed bound still. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so it's crazy you know, how your body and how God has made you with all the different parts that are supposed to work together. And when one thing fails, fails, yeah. it is like a domino effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And wow. so um, still trying to figure out if it is, you know, all because of the accident or if it's something that I was born with, because a lot of it can oh. be genetic as well. Um, okay. So one of the things, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, it's a connective tissue disorder. Um, that they are trying to um, figure out with me if I have it or not. And so um, when you're connective tissue, it's like basically the puzzle pieces that keep you together. It's like the oh, sticky okay. parts and yeah. that kind of thing. So 
trying to figure out, you know, do I have that? Because with all the surgeries failing for me, you know, it makes mm. sense that it's not, you know, it's a bigger issue than just um, just falling at right, work and that kind of thing. The surgeries, you shouldn't be having this yes. many failed surgeries. Absolutely. What are your doctors saying during this time? So, um, out in California, because the ones here just completely blew me off. Right, There right. was no hope here. They were convinced that I was crazy. And then the <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> and the, even though I am a little crazy. No. <laughs> um, that's besides the point. That's besides the point, yeah. But the ones out in California were just, they just, no, they were, we fixed it. You know, it's not a problem, you know. And so they were just adamant that I didn't have any issues, that it was all made up in my head, um, that when my autonomic nervous system crashed and my heart rate and my blood pressure it was laying down in bed. My blood pressure was 70 over 30. And my heart rate was like in the 180s. And Whoa. laying down. And they're like, oh, that's fine. That's normal. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not. This is not. why I don't go to the doctor. Exactly. Anybody want to know why I don't go to the doctor and I'm yeah. a self-diagnosis? I know. I think right I'm there smarter sometimes. There's a perfect yes. one. Yeah, I can get yeah. surgery. Hey, yes. I got an Apple Watch. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's what, exactly. I'm, that's what saying. I'm saying. So it just, things were not lining up. So then that's what took me to the Facebook group page. And it was like a cry out for help. Like, please tell me I'm not crazy. Like, this is not okay. Because I had experience in the past with EMT work and right. the Wells County Sheriff's Department, you know. So I had dabbled in enough that I knew enough knowledge to know, like, hey, this is not Something's okay. Not right. Yeah, I know I'm not a doctor, but right. yeah. And so um, they were just adamant that I was crazy as well. That blows yeah, so, my mind. So in that journey, so again, you're back to, and I'm assuming mm -hmm. at this point, still, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Is this punishment? Mm -hmm. What was the breaking point or what was the thing that was like where you see the light again? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah. in, in this journey, you're, again, mm -hmm. maybe had some highs, some lows, but probably at this point more of like, Lord, I love you, but yeah. I, why are you punishing me? And, you mm -hmm. know, probably more lows, mm -hmm. not necessarily walking away from God, but yeah. just not at the place where you need to be. So mm -hmm. what was that point where that shifted? So where that shifted for me was that it was the alone time in the hospital that yeah. I was always so busy with life, being mm -hmm. a single mom and that kind of thing. I never really had me time. And so when God took me out to California and I was secluded in a hospital room, the only option I had was yes. to listen. Yeah. And I'm a hard one to do that, you know, cause like, <laughs> oh, I got this, you know? He puts us yes. in our place. Put, yeah, absolutely. You had to be that, like yep. sitting down and forced to. to stay there. Yes, yes, to be able to get my attention. Exactly. And um, the more that I listened, the more I heard him, you know, and that is what brought me closer to him. Um, and one of the things distinctly that I remember laying in the hospital bed was the Isaiah 41.10 verse, mm. and to not be afraid because I was so fearful. Mm. You know, it's like I can't leave Nevaeh behind, and right. all these things were racing through my mind, and, you know, and to have courage, you know, that everything everything will work out. You're going to see this. And so from not knowing anyone, from being completely by myself, then that's when, you know, complete stranger came, you know, because— well, he lived in um, San Francisco, and so he actually drove down oh, to wow. Los Angeles and was able to get me out. Complete stranger. Mm. And to this day, I don't, I'm not in contact with him. Really? Like, yeah, I just, there's just, he helped me, and then <gasps> like it an was angel. just. Yeah, and then he just <laughs> went on his way, and, and there's just not been really much contact with wow. him. Wow. But, you know, I prayed, I was like, you know, God, you know, I don't know what this is going to look like, but he sent him help me get out and then eventually I was able to get on a plane and come back home and then that's really just what changed my view of okay this is not just mom and dad's religion it's not you know just something that someone prays for you it's this is me and God's relationship mm -hmm. and you know I have to work on this you know it's not anyone else right um and so when I got home um the church just completely just wrapped me up. We had meals for, it seemed like forever. Jennifer was like, oh, we got meals. And I remember Sherry saying, oh, we got you. And, <laughs> and it wasn't just for me and Nevaeh. It was for my mom and dad as well. Oh, because wow. they were helping right. as well. Because right. I was still wheelchair bound. And then I eventually went to a wheel or to a walker. And then 
it would just progress that way. But when I got home, I was wheelchair bound. And so I wasn't able to take care of things on my own. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, oh, we got you meals and that kind of thing. But it they filled our freezer for literally months. And a God thing. You can't explain that any other way besides a God's thing. Right. Yeah. And so then, you know, uh, you guys did the, you know, online thing. And then, you know, I was like, oh, I can I can do that, you know. And then I remember Nick reaching out to me and saying, hey, you know, would you like to be a campus pastor? And I was like, I have no clue what that (laughs) is. Yeah, Yeah, I remember you as a campus pastor. Yeah. During COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And so that was another thing that, you know, a lot of people were going through as far as like being shut in and that kind of thing. And I I had been living that life exactly for two years, you know, that isolation and that kind of thing. So to be able to help people, you know, see it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, that, you know, this is time to, you can take, you know, to build a relationship with God. Yeah. And be still. Yeah. And so as that starts to shift, you start to get better. Mm -hmm. I mean, start to get better. Physically, but also spiritually, spiritually you, you, yeah. you know, you're starting to grow. You're starting to, you mm-hmm. know, feel that again. And then mm-hmm. you get a boyfriend. Yes. So, <laughs> right? Because, yes. I mean, that's a, I feel like that was a pretty big step. It was. Right? Yes. Yeah. And so when I had talked to Christy in the hospital, you know, she was going through a lot of the same health issues as well. And so to help guide me and, you know, let me know as far as like, you know, don't take this crap from the medical doctors, you know, you aren't crazy. And she helped guide me through Mm -hmm. that even to the place where I got home. And so when I got home, um, it was right before Christmas of 2018. And then I remember talking to her, FaceTiming her, and she was sitting on her porch and she was just telling me more about her life. And Uh so she's got three kids and Christopher's the oldest and she was just talking him up and that kind of thing. And so then we became friends over Facebook in 2019. And it was just friends because he was in a really bad part in his life mm. and I was still really sick. So it nothing really grew from that. We, you know, we would like each other's post or we would, you know, say hi or yeah. whatever, but nothing Flirt really. on Facebook. Yeah, Flirt on Facebook. Nothing, <laughs> nothing like, you know, yeah. crazy. Yeah, just know? put a couple just hearts out there. Absolutely. Yep, heart emoji. It. Yes. <laughs> How perfect, yeah. though, that he understands, like, what yeah. you're going through because of his mom. His mom. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so actually what brought us together back in 2021 and it changed, shifted from just being friends to our relationship actually growing. Was he posted on Facebook that he'd never been to the Cheesecake Factory? <laughs> the Cheesecake Factory did it. The Cheesecake Factory. So I was like, Christopher, how have you never been to the Cheesecake Factory? And so then I don't that, think I've been to the Cheesecake you Factory. You haven't. What oh is my the Cheesecake Factory? What is the Cheesecake Factory? Oh, is what's your favorite a, cheesecake? Is this in there? Indianapolis? Oh, they're oh, so good. Red yes. Velvet. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they have them all over. Carmel area, mm-hmm. like the Newcastle Carmel area. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, the funny gosh. part is, so there was a cheesecake factory from him about an hour and a half from where he lived because he's born and raised in South Carolina. Yeah. So there was one just an hour and a half from him, but he ended up driving over 700 miles. He see, he drove <laughs> to, to see to you. Yes. To go to the Cheesecake Factory? Yes. No. That's yes. awesome. To see you. Yes. What a great excuse. And was yes. it a date? Like, did you say it was a date or you're just meeting up to have, like go to the Cheesecake because he's never been? So it, he had made the plans to come up and then he's it just. Dating, man. Well, yeah, yeah, he, he, he yeah. was, because I had walls built up, like major walls. Yeah. You know, I was just, you know, with all the my past and mm-hmm. my health and that kind of thing, I had my walls high. And so he had always had feelings for me, but it just was never the right time, you know, and that kind of thing. And so but he kept pursuing. He kept pursuing. And he was persistent. And we joke about that to this day, how persistent, because I am just very stubborn. I'm, yeah. I'm an Aquarius, so it's just, it comes with my... Pisces, Aquarius, yes, I'm on the yes, cusp. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and his mom's a Pisces. So he, really? Oh, she's so awesome. So he always joked. He's like, I feel them date my mom. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So he originally had bought plane ticket to come up here and spend time. And then he would go back, back to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as we kept talking and that kind of thing, it, the time just kept, you know, bumping where he was like, no, I can't wait till July. I'm going to come in June. And then it's like, no, I can't wait till then. I'm going to come then, you know. And so he ended up coming 
um, and surprising Nevea for her birthday Aww. that year. And so, you know, we had we were FaceTiming and talking and that kind of thing. And so it just morphed into a, you know, I want to come for her birthday party. And that's sweet. Yeah. And he just knew then that he was like, I I want to build this life with you. And so he actually, instead of just coming to visit, he actually moved everything he had. In his court, in his you can't runner. get a guy to drive yeah. from Georgia. She gets uh, to move his whole place down there. The pressure. Did you feel pressure? Oh, oh, oh well, I would not want somebody to move here for me. That just that yeah. makes me like. You can even ask Nevaeh <sighs> because he was like, don't tell Nevaeh. I want this to be a surprise for her and that kind of thing. And so I will never forget. It was April 30th of last year. And we were, he was like, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. Mm -hmm. And so I woke up at like eight o'clock in the morning to a message saying good morning and that kind of thing. And so I messaged back and he's like, I'm already four hours into the trip. And I was like, what? <laughs> Didn't even tell you, like no, warn you? Oh. No, no. So it went instant, like cleaning mode. Yes, like exactly. everything, like, you know. Cleaning like, mode. Get it ready. Get yeah. it. The house is going to look yes. good. And there's no, you know, fur on the couches right. or anything. Yeah. So Nevea, she was like, what is going on with mom? Like she's going frantic. Like yeah. what is, Yeah. And so, yeah, so he showed up and um, we uh, celebrated Nevaeh's birthday party um, together that last year. And then it just, he just stayed. There was just never a time where he was like, nope, I'm, I'm going back. He's like, this is the life that I want. And so. Yeah, talk about pressure. I, How about that's that? what I'm, I'm here. Did I'm he leaving. stay in a hotel yeah. or did he get an apartment or? No, no. He, mm -hmm. he just. Moved right in. He moved, moved right, right in. in. Yes. <laughs> Yes. yes. What did he bring? Like two <laughs> pairs of jeans? Like, like did he have a suitcase? What does that I mean, like, he really was planning. Like, yes. he just brought his suitcase. I'm never. Yes. Brought his dog. I'm never leaving. Uh, you can yeah. bring your dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we didn't have a dog, but we ended up because he always wanted to have <laughs> a husky. And so um, for Nevaeh's birthday, it was another like, oh, this is crazy. We were looking on Facebook Marketplace and there was husky puppies for sale down in Aww. Indy. And so we're like, oh. And so that was one of Nevaeh's surprises for her birthday that he wanted to get a husky and that kind of thing. And so I'm like, oh, absolutely. Because I love dogs. Oh, me too. And so when we got, mm. we got Maverick, they told us that he was three-fourths husky and one part shepherd. Well, he is full-blown shepherd there is <laughs> yeah he looks there's one blown. hair of husky in yeah. him and it's in his tail and that is it <laughs> he's so cute though. yes but he is completely attached to me so he is just all my dog mm -hmm. he's just yeah the sun sets in me but then <laughs> yep. christopher got a golden retriever for my birthday this past year see that's what i'm talking about another birthday gift yes dogs dogs that's when my dream come but true we always say that max was like telepathically talking to Christopher because mm. he had got up to go to work and he had seen the post and contacted the lady and it was just boom like that's how it happened but mm. they their bond is like unbelievable wow so yeah so so the relationship is going well I mean absolutely. give us a, the yes. fast forward version so of fast forward he um uh, was raised, you know, by his mom. She was a single uh, mom as well. They, mm. His dad left, I think, when he was five and that kind of thing. So he was always raised by a single mom. So he gets that yeah. aspect of it. And then she had health issues about 10 years ago. So the last 10 years, he's only known his mom being sick. So right. he, mm. you know, not a lot of people understand my health issues that there's days where I'm like stuck in bed where my headaches are so bad that I cannot function. And so he totally understands that and mm. gets that. Um, and so he had a really strong relationship with his mom, but also his grandparents as well. But they were um, Jehovah Witnesses. And so he always mm. had questions about, you know, like what, it just doesn't really make sense or it doesn't really add up and that kind of thing. And so there was always questions. And so, um, Fast forward, you know, he really wasn't, you know, going to church or really having a relationship with God. And then coming here has just really, you know, changed, you know, because his mom always encouraged him, you know, hey, you know, you need to have a relationship with God and that kind of thing. But again, like for me, yeah, it was, a, you know, oh, mom and dad's got it for me. I don't yeah. have to pursue it. I'm right. okay. You know, because if mom and dad's praying for me, then it's okay, mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, even seeing him build that relationship with God and as it's 
our relationship continues to grow and that kind of thing. It's amazing because everything that I had prayed for and I thought I would never get, mm-hmm. you know, because I didn't do it by the book, you know, and I, you know, was still thinking like, oh, I can't ever have what God wants yes. because of mistakes. No, because well, of the mistakes, yeah, that I'll never be forgiven, you know, and that kind of thing. So going through the Revelation series has been a huge eye-opener to me because it's like, you know, no, you know, we we can be, you know, we can go through really bad things and but God still loves us, right. you know, right. and we all, there's always that chance to turn around, you right. know, that we're not just forever gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's always the, the hardest question or the biggest question maybe that I got through, even with Sherry's health issues, mm-hmm. right, was how do you delineate between these, like, God's letting it happen because he wants us to turn around or God's mm-hmm. letting it happen because he wants us to learn or God's, mm-hmm. or it's just... It's just happening, mm-hmm. and God's not involved in it at all, mm-hmm. you know. And so mm-hmm. going through the book, when we go through the book of Revelations, and essentially we said, like, judgment or things, mm-hmm. you know, happen sometimes to wake us up, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think what you're sharing is it's not necessarily that God's punishing you mm-hmm. or they want you to feel guilty. He's just saying, the what will it take to mm-hmm. get your attention, mm-hmm. you know, maybe? Yeah. And yeah. what will it get for you to see me for what it really is? Mm-hmm. Because I think you probably in my opinion, come from a harder spot than most, being mm-hmm. that if you grew yeah. up in a highly religious yes. home, yeah. I think it's difficult yeah. for mm-hmm. people to see the true Jesus. Like yes. they preach Jesus, mm-hmm. but it's really not, you know, it's Jesus, more of, yeah. it's the work, yeah. it's mm-hmm. the law, it's follow the rules and then mm-hmm. you're going to be okay. And mm-hmm. It's not unconditional love. No, and I think right. that's really difficult then when somebody tells you, oh, like you should get to know Jesus and have a relationship and then all they can hear is, well, what I'm supposed to be is good. Right, because it's yeah. been you know? ingrained since right. Yeah. birth. Right, so yeah. it's hard She's then still, yeah. anything yeah. that happens in your life mm-hmm. tends to be a, oh, I didn't follow a rule, here's mm-hmm. a consequence, I didn't follow a rule, right. here's a consequence, and it's it's hard to put that together mm-hmm. with a relational God, mm-hmm. right? And try to, mm-hmm. and hard to make that fit together. Yeah. So for you, you know, it's a, it's been a big shift, mm-hmm. right? And because today, I mean, would you say from your face standpoint that you're as good as it's been in a yeah. long time? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you know, like like you said, growing up, you know, you you know that when you're going through, especially a super strict, you know. Um, faith, you know, walk or whatever you want to call it, that, you know, it, <laughs> you can't ever, you can't ever do enough good, right. you know? And it's like how, you know, you you know that you're not going to ever be good enough, you know? So it's That's like you, you get to a place where you're like, why even try? Right. You know, because I'm never going to ever be good enough, you know? And so coming to a place and knowing that, God loves you no matter what, you know, and that things in life are not happening just because he hates you. Right. You know, they're for all kind of different reasons, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so think yeah. about this cuz I always think this is an interesting question for people as they go through their journey and you get to this side of it, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's hard to think back, you know, through all of the things that you've been through and all the stuff that you've went through, but mm-hmm. If you could go back to your younger self, mm-hmm. right? If you could go back to your younger days, would you give yourself any advice now after being through all of these things? I would love you these go, questions. Huh? I love these questions. Yeah, like would you go back to your younger self and would you say anything? Like would you give yourself any advice moving forward after? Because you've been through from a yeah. life experience standpoint. A lot. I mean, you've been through a lot, yeah. you know, yeah. and if you could go back. Because I always think about that in myself. If I could go mm-hmm. back and tell my younger self, mm-hmm. hey, you know, think about these things in life, mm-hmm. you know, or try not to go down that road or mm-hmm. keep going down that road, yeah. you know. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I would say for myself, I would have told myself, keep going down that road. Mm. Because if I'm, I'm a firm believer that everything happens yes. for a reason. Mm-hmm. Everything, the good, yep. the bad, the ugly. Mm. And if it wasn't for all of those things happening, and the things that are going to come, because I know there's going to be, I'm right. going to have mountains and valleys, you know. Right. But if it wasn't for those things, that I wouldn't be where I am today. And yeah. I wouldn't be having the relationship that I have with God today. It took all of those things, you know. And like I've even said, you know, praying for not only for myself, wanting 
a man in my life to not only have a relationship with God, but to help, you know, walk side by side with me and have that relationship with God. I wanted that for Nevea as well. Mm. And, you know, it took all of those things to be able to give me Christopher because how else would I have met him set being 700 plus miles away, mm-hmm. right. you know? And so, and not being sick. Yeah. Not being sick, you know? So it took all of those things, you know, to, for God's big picture. Right. Yeah. And, and, and for me, I only saw just the small, so I'm like, wow, God really hates me. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. I should have not done that. But yeah. Um, and your relationship with Christopher now. So for him, mm-hmm. faith was something new. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Because I would say it came, so, yeah. Yes. So, he comes, you guys meet, faith was something new to him. Mm-hmm. How has that went with you two together? Because again, mm-hmm. devil's advocate, mm-hmm. this is what everybody would be standing at the distance right. saying. Mm-hmm. Hey, D, yeah. you tried it one other time yeah. with somebody who wasn't a believer. You Absolutely. went down that road another time. What's been different with, because again, people put these, it's got to be a mm-hmm. certain way, right? Mm-hmm. It can only mm-hmm. be a certain way, and it never works if it's outside of the box, mm-hmm. you know, type of a thing. So as you look at it, because mm-hmm. I know that there are people in relationships today, most of the time like this. Yes. The woman's here, she's going down a road, her faith is growing, and she meets a man mm-hmm. who isn't. Mm-hmm. And there's anybody looking from the outside be like, run, run, right. run, because you're going to get hurt. And, mm-hmm. and again, in your first situation, you did, but this one's yeah. been different. What's been different? God. And, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God has been different. Yeah, and um, you know, bringing us together through hardships because not only have I gone through a lot, Christopher's gone through a lot as well. And you know, his mom was always telling him, you know, and talking to him about God, but he, like myself, was really resistant of it. You yeah. know, and older that you get, the more that you see. God in so many things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when he came up here and, you know, we started coming, you know, to church and that kind of thing, it was a huge, you know, kind of like, this is, this is what I want. Not only, you know, cause my mom had been wanting this for me, you mm-hmm. know, and you know, that kind of thing. It's now, this is the life that I want. And not only that I want, but I want for Nevea and then for his kids as well. And so, you know, wanting that change and that kind of thing. So, so could, if you could give some advice to couples, like what, what have been some things that have helped you guys grow in that again? Because again, as you're growing together in love, mm-hmm. what you're at, what you're praying for is you're also growing together in love for Christ. Yeah. Are there things that you guys have had to talk through when it, again, from the faith journey, or is mm-hmm. it just that you're both experiencing it together as you go down the road? Just- I think it's just experiencing it together because we, you know, of, like I said, the resistance that I had mm-hmm. being in a super strict and then the resistance he had from Jehovah. not being in super strict. You know, yeah. it was like, you know, his grandparents were Jehovah Witness and then his mom, Lee was Methodist or something like that. But, you know, it wasn't, you know, as strict as mine was where it was just right. like, it was shoved down my throat, you know, but there yeah. was still that resistance that he had, the resistance that I had. And so coming together and finding it together and finding our relationship with God together, you know, and we we communicate about everything, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, all of the, you know, well, what ifs, you know, what if we would have, you know, God would have taken us this direction or that direction or whatever. But again, at the end of the day, everything happens for a reason, right? you know? So communication has been a big part of it. So you guys Huge. talking about, again, your your journey, your struggles, mm-hmm. the things that are going together. So communication mm-hmm. between both of you has been really good. And I'd say mm-hmm. openness, because yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you could see that he was wanting a relationship with God. Yes. Not like that he was completely dismissive and, yes. you know, like completely away from God. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw that mm-hmm. it could be a potential to grow together. Absolutely. And, and, and he has questions. I even have questions, you know, still about, you know, what about, you know, God, what about, you know, and we'll have questions, especially after church, you know, about like, what is hell? What is heaven? You know, what is, what does that look like? Are we on the right path? You know, are we on the right path together? And are we on the right path for our kids? You know, are we doing that? And instead of it being a, how it was for me being younger and just being crammed on my throat, this is how it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to follow A, B, and C. It's like, okay, we can look at it together, you mm. know, and we don't have to have it 
figured out all at once. Right. You it know? can be a continual be conversation. A, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yes. I think that's what's good is when people yeah. continue to have the conversation again, do it with the person you love. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always said it's important for us in relationship, you mm-hmm. know, to share also in our faith relationship mm-hmm. and be able to say like, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. This is where I'm questioning, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like these are the things that I don't think make any sense. Cause I mm-hmm. do think it brings you closer together. Yeah, it does. Right? Yeah, and you absolutely. guys are showing, you know, absolutely what that looks like and how God can work in those ways, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. We're at an hour. Okay. Question so, time. Question time. Question so, time. Hey. Doesn't an hour go fast? It does. Oh, <laughs> super fast. That's going to be longer. Yeah. <laughs> so, so fast. All right. Oh, my gosh. This fly, I've been watching it for a while now. But... It was crawling on my microphone. I about pulled my mouth up and ate it. Here, I know. It was cla- like crawling on your shirt, and I could see it. And that was all I was staring at was this fly. All right. Question number one is from Alex Pope, and she wants to know, what is your favorite? Favorite holiday and how do you celebrate it? Oh, I am Christmas. I love Christmas. I I celebrate it by going to Hobby Lobby. (laughs) (laughs) Hobby Lobby is just the best. I need to go there actually. So, are you a huge gift giver? Yes. I love giving gifts. I absolutely love Is that your love language? That's what I was about to ask. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That and um, quality time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, words of affirmation, the quality time, and gifts. Yes, okay. are my love language. So, yeah. So when it comes to Christmas, and I absolutely love it because it's the best gift. Jesus is our best gift. Mm-hmm. I know that part of Christmas, right? That's, but the rest yes. of Christmas decorating, oh, oh. just the feeling of Christmas, the twinkle lights, oh. yeah, the warm and cozy. Yes. And, and then the day after, it's like weird. Make me want to have a seizure. Yeah. Why? I just can't. Oh, do, are I you, told you part of the problem. Like, I read that book of that guy over in China. Yes. Remember? No. <laughs> so I read this book of this guy who okay. got put in prison for religious crimes in China. Goes oh, over there, and he's for You know what he's forced to do? Yeah, look at those lights. No, make Christmas lights oh, yeah. for stupid Americans to buy for $2. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, that's and this, through this whole time, he's tortured making oh Christmas lights and gets electrocuted and has oh, holes no. in his okay, body. Well, that has a different So every meaning. time we used to go to the thing, I'm like, hey, Sherry, you getting Christmas lights again and torturing all the Chinese people? Oh, my God. Prison for their faith. Do you really want to get Christmas lights? No, did you? No. You you didn't have Christmas lights at all? Here's the deal. (laughs) (laughs) So Sherry would buy lights every single... No. She would buy lights every single year, and she would be like, I need you to put the lights up. I'm like, I'm not putting them up. (laughs) To the point where, like, after Sherry passed, we probably have four totes of Christmas lights. Wow. Four totes I mean, they do go out. I just bought some. Oh, no, they've never been open. They've never been open? No, I didn't put them on. She just kept buying them, and she couldn't find oh them again, my. so she oh bought more God. of them. <laughs> yeah, because after Christmas, they're hard to find. <laughs> I just you ordered know. some online. Yeah, I ordered see, two boxes. Yeah, see, that's the problem. You should have went to Mike. I now did. you know. I'm mad, because I literally <laughs> just bought it yesterday. Christmas lights? Yes, I bought two cases yesterday okay. in my that's Walmart funny. order. Yeah. yeah. All right, next question from Kaylin Griffith. What is your favorite thing about Life Church? Oh, there's so many. I would say worship. I absolutely mm. love worship. It when I became a campus pastor and through the whole COVID thing, we kind of yes. you know come through and that kind of thing. I absolutely loved online because I, at least I could still feel like I was here, mm. you know. And especially with going through all my sickness and that kind of thing, I still felt I'd connect and that kind of thing. But then when I was able to come back, I was like, whoa! The atmosphere here is just dynamically different than it is online. And even though Mm -hmm. online is amazing and I love it so much, it just, it hits different when you are worshiping. With a bunch of believers. Yeah, absolutely love it. Well, and I think it's, again, back to what we said from the beginning. Online, I mean, for our online community, I mean, it has a place. And Mm -hmm. people are, and again, people are being reached and God's doing amazing things. And then Mm -hmm. there's, Times where being in person is good. And yeah. I think it's seasonal. Seasonal. Right? I think for, for different people, it's yeah. seasonal. And absolutely. the times that they need to be with people, and there's times where they can't be with people, and, mm-hmm. you know, provides both of those, right. you know, mm-hmm. atmospheres. You're so. a great example of that. Because, yeah. like, it kept yeah. you still in our, like, in the church. Yeah. And, and network and that kind of thing without, you know, exactly being taken away again. Right. You know, yeah. Because it was like you guys opened up that second service, and I was like, oh, hey, I can get back in a relationship with God. And then it was like, you know, I was like, I felt like 
God was punishing me because I was trying to get back into good graces. Mm. And so all these bad things were happening. So that's how I viewed it at first instead of, you know, God trying to really show me, no, this is the path that I've, I have for you. Mm -hmm. You know, let me show you how much I love you as I take you through these valleys. That's awesome. But I absolutely love how God speaks through you because growing up, it was so rigid that it was, it never felt like God was actually speaking to you. It Mm. was so rigid. So, you know, when God's speaking to you and it comes out in the congregation and you say something that God's been talking to me about, and I just keep going, no, I got this down <laughs> here, God. Just yeah. back off. You know, right. I got this. And then when you say something, I'm like, oh, okay. Makes All right. Sense. Yeah. It is how, yeah. it's funny how God uses people Absolutely. as confirmation. Yes. yes. You know, you've been having these keep things, you and then the next thing you hear yep. a podcast, or you listen to a pastor, or you talk to a friend, and you're right. like, are you reading my thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. something's yes. going on. Something's where, going on. You yeah. stalking me? Yes. Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> What's going on here? Okay, I have a question. Okay. When was your first day back, like, in service? Oh, goodness. Oh, I would have thought you, you would have had that day. You would expect to remember I know. that? Yes. I would, ne- I would have thought that would have been, like, a monumental, like, day. Wow. I couldn't remember that. Okay, yeah. was it 2021? So, yes, it would have been back in 2021. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because we, um, I want to say it was actually after Sherry passed away because we came yeah. to, that That rocked me because, you know, Sherry was always there for me back at youth and that kind of thing. She was just always that, like, welcoming face, you know, because back Prior, you know, it was just so rigid with church that, you know, you could never do anything good enough, you know. And so when I came originally to life, one of the people that stood out the most was Sherry because she was just so welcoming, so loving, Mm -hmm. and she just took you right in. You the same, Jennifer, Eller, um, Hillary when she was here. And so those were some big, you know, people in my life. And so when I had came back in March of 2018, she was doing the Drake Getz t-shirt thing. And mm-hmm. so she it was time had went past and I hadn't talked to you guys in forever. And then I seen her and I just like everything just came right back, you right. know. Those and, are the best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so when I found out, you know, that Sherry was sick and then that she had passed away, it just rocked me because I was like, wow, you know, that that's not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, that is not supposed to happen. And so, you know, after that happened is when I was like, you know, and so both me and Christopher was like, we're going to start going to church. And we had came and it was just like, wow, that's so much different than watching, mm. you know, in the living room or in the bedroom or whatever, you yeah. know, because there was those Sunday mornings where like, oh, yeah, we're watching the living room. And I was like, no, I am so tired. We're watching in bed, you know, so <laughs> yeah. like, God still loves me if I'm yeah. still in my jammies. Yeah. 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 But that was a really big turning point to see, wow, how much God can really speak to you inside yeah. of the church. Yeah. Good. So end us up, Jenny, with the, the number. Yep. So the, how do people get involved? Mm-hmm. And then we'll yeah close it out. Okay. And- Sounds good. So on the roundtable, what we do is we send out a question every single week. And this is how we got the questions for you this week. Okay. And um, we hope that when we send them out that you respond because we want to have a communication with you. We want to build a relationship. We want your thoughts, feedback. We want... I don't know. We want to be have you be a part and just engage in what we're doing. So text us with your questions, comments, concerns. If you want to be a guest, yeah. Put if you your be concerns a guest, out. If that fly was bothering you a lot, can you, could you see the fly? That's what we need to ask. If they They're for the sure fly, seeing the fly that was crawling so? on my ear. I hope they saw you like almost try to eat it. That would have been great. Yeah, as I was sitting here like this, staring at the fly. Yeah. Well, I think the big thing too that people mm. need to remember is is that part of watching this podcast, you know, and or listening to it, mm-hmm. part of your value system of doing that should be because I want to get to know people. Yeah. Right? It's not just, is their story, you know, interesting, not interesting. It's be like, you know, part of our responsibility is to get to know people. Yeah. You know, and so the other way we do that is through questions. Like mm-hmm. care enough to ask, you know, yes. care enough to send the questions in. Because again, it helps you mm-hmm. get to know that person in a way that you can connect with them. Because 
I've always said this. If Sunday morning was only about coming in and doing the worship service mm-hmm. and preaching, we would quit. Yes. Like, I would not do it. It's too much work. It's if mm-hmm. nobody connected with each other. Mm-hmm. So I've always said, like, if people can connect with people, I listen to them on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. now saw their face if you're watching, you know, mm-hmm. on our YouTube channel. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now I can go up and say, hey, I know you. Like, that's Absolutely. a reason, a, another big reason for us doing yeah. that. So, yeah, they have been doing that. Right. Yeah, too. And that's what I'm saying. So being able to to text questions, right. again, engages in the fact that I want to get to know people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in that. So yeah. send us questions, yeah. comments, whatever you want to yep. from there. So And our number is 260-408-8383. Look at that. Woo! You keep, you keep getting right better every week. You don't even have to go back there. And yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so D, I would just say, again, um, it's been awesome to, I had actually forgot about the whole youth part of it, but mm-hmm. so it's been a long time, long time you know, yeah. inside of a long journey. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, the thing that I'm the most proud of is you, oh, you're an overcomer, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so you overcame, and again, this is a no fault. When I say these things, this is not the fault of your parents, mm-hmm. but you grew up in a very religious system, which mm-hmm. lots of people don't ever overcome. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, I want to make sure people are aware that mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that live inside of that legalistic system yep, all yes. of their life mm-hmm. and or they completely walk away from faith because you can never uphold it yeah right, right? they Absolutely. can never do it and so take that with your health issues and a religious background to some what feels like defeat after defeat Absolutely. and you still overcame you mm-hmm. know and at the end of that you're getting to see the fruits of mm-hmm. being an overcomer you're seeing god in a different way and you're seeing his mm-hmm. grace in a different way and through different people and so mm-hmm. i just want to say i'm really proud of mm-hmm. you for Thank doing you. that and we as a church are excited to watch what god's going to continue to do in your life and that we get to be a part of that journey so yeah. thanks for coming on Thank and thanks you. for being a part yeah. of, of our podcast and thanks everybody who has been listening and or who's watching and don't forget when Jenny puts out our little clip, yes. make sure that you yeah. share it. Make sure that you comment on it because uh, we want to continue to get our reach out there. Mm-hmm. So, again, thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.